Hi there, this is El Star with your Key Races and Bets podcast for Saturday, May 28th, 2022. As always, this Key Races and Bets podcast, as well as the written version, the Key Races and Bets blog, brought to you by Amwager.com, A-M-W-A-G-E-R.com, a completely legal online wagering website with great betting tools and perks. Amwager.com is legal for residents of most states in the U.S. and covers most tracks in North America, as well as many throughout the world. We're going to start with Race 8 at Belmont Park on Saturday, May 28th, 4.40 p.m. Any of the nine entered here can win, which is why the three horses opening at the highest odds in the field, 12 to 1, are the horses to look at first when we consider our bets, and those are Sibelius, Market Alert, and Hammer and Ammer. They have no knocks, particularly when offered decent value for win bets. On the other hand, the two morning line favorites, highly motivated, 5 to 2, and stage rate 3 to 1, although have chances, don't warrant their low odds. Highly motivated finished a poor 10th, 4th of 10, the A notable trouble in his April 16th comeback from nearly a year off. The main reason he opens at low odds, and the main reason he was bet down to 7 to 5, is because he's trained by Chad Brown and he ran well early last year on the road to the Derby when missing by a neck of the Bluegrass Stakes before a 10th place Derby finish. I have to really say, so what? Because he's now a four-year-old who apparently had issues, kept him away for a year, and his comeback wasn't that great. Similarly, Stage Raider, who's a half-brother to Justify, and like highly motivated, trained by Chad Brown, was considered a decent three-year-old, although he never ran in a stakes race. He returned from 10 months off in March and finished a poor fifth as the favorite. Then last month at Keeneland, he ran second from start to finish as the favorite. Again, so what? Although I'm glad they're going to take some money. We'll start with Sibelius here, who gets blinkers and a jockey change to Luis Saez. Saez rode him just once previously in his second career start last April when he wired the field to win. Blinkers on suggest the strategy will be to send Sibelius once again, and there's no other horse to field that shows a wire-to-wire win, so that strategy, particularly when used by an aggressive rider like Saez from a good position, could pay off nicely. The horse isn't in bad form either because although 6th at the level on April 30th, he finished 2nd at 34-1 to 1 odds under the same conditions April 2nd. Market Alert has earned two of his four career wins at Belmont and one in a one-turn route like this one. That win came one before last at the lower non-winners of one other than allowance level at Aqueduct, odds 22-1. to 1. Market Alert dueled on fast fractions on the lead in a similar race last month with Sibelius, as a matter of fact, before fading to third. But he gets a jockey change to Jose Ortiz, and I think it's likely Ortiz knows he can't go with Sibelius this time, was drawn inside. Market Alert earned his last two wins before that one in March from off the pace, and if those tactics are used today, he could be the one getting up past Sibelius late, like he did last November at Belmont. Hammer and Ammer has been claimed in nine times in the past 18 months, and he really doesn't care what barn he's in. He's won 7 of 20 in that time frame, including the last time out in a one-turn mile at Aqueduct where he was claimed by Linda Rice. Even with 12 career wins, Hammer and Amherst never won at the second allowance level, and that's why there's a ton of incentive today as Rice can turn the 40000 that he was claimed for into the 56000 winner's share and still have the horse left to race again. In the 8th at Belmont, post 440 Eastern Saturday, May 28th, 
For Sibelius Market Alert Hammer and Hammer, I think minimum odds are four to one. And my strategy is going to be to bet two of the three, whichever are the highest odds in their post time to win. And the best way to capitalize a big two horses at high odds with the goal of maximizing our profit is to Dutch the bet, which means to prorate it based on the odds. And at Amberger.com, there's a free and easy-to-use tool, a dutching tool, where you can set the amount you want to bet or the amount you want to win, and the math is done for you. And that's just one of many perks and tools available for the better at Amberger.com. For the exact that I want to play, even a dollar exact, of Sibelius, Market Alert, and Hammer, and Hammer overall, it's optional. But if we only end up betting one or two of the three contenders to win, then the exact using the other one or two is going to be pretty good. Going to play three sets of doubles here. I like them all, and you can play them for as little as a dollar. Double one in race eight is Sibelius, Market Alert, and Hammer, and Hammer. In race nine, all. Double two is Sibelius, Market Alert, and Hammer, and Hammer in race eight. Wonka, Haughty, Dairy Name, and Charty Party in race nine. Wonka, Haughty, Dairy Name, and Charty Party in race nine. And the third double is going to be all in race eight with Wonka and Charty Party in race nine. This maximizes our contenders. We're going to move over to Monmouth for one race where we flip back to Belmont. And this is the cliffhanger stakes. Posted 455 Eastern, race 11 at Monmouth on Saturday, May 28th. And in my opinion, there's really only two win contenders in this race. Carpenter's Call and Midday Image. They open at 92 and 5 to 1, which is just fine because there's a vulnerable favorite here in Analyze It. You may have heard of Analyze It. He's a 7-year-old who has earned 941000 in his career, but he's come back from five months off. He was gelded in March. He's trained by Chad Brown. He's based at Monmouth, not New York. It raises a number of questions. Most of the answers to those questions aren't really good. Like, why does he have Navalny as a sire? Why was he gelded in March as a seven-year-old? Why is he based at Monmouth with Brown's, when Brown's A-string is at New York? Additionally, when coming back from a six-month layoff last April, an identical $100,000 non-grade stakes analyzed it, finished seventh as a six-to-five favorite. Lots of reasons to avoid him. Back to Carpenter's call, he has a great record of three wins, two seconds, and a third, and seven starts. Better still, all three wins he's earned in his four turf races. Trying turf for the first time four races back in December, he won three in a row before settling for third in the grade three apple stakes last month, which is a tougher level as compared to this non-graded stakes. Roberto Alvarado was up for the three wins and not for the loss and gets back on more reasons to believe Carpenter's call can rebound to winning form. Midday image is 3-4-5 on the Monmouth turf, 8 for 15 on the turf overall. He loves to win. I like Carpenter's call. He was overmatched last month when racing in the Grade 2 Pan American, also a mile and a half, which he'd never run before. Midday image is 4 for 4 at this trip and one at the distance, one before last by five lengths, with an effort more than good enough to win here if repeated. In the cliffhanger stakes, race 11 Monmouth, 4.55 Eastern on Saturday, May 28th. I like Carpenter's Call and Midday Image at 2-1 to one or more, and if they're both 2-1 to one or more, I'll bet them both using the mathematical edge provided by the dutching tool at Amateur.com. For the Exacta, I'm going to play Carpenter's Call of Midday Image in the Exacta box, and then I'm going to play a trifecta of Carpenter's Call of Midday Image over all over Carpenter's Call of Midday Image, even at 50 cents. By combining the Exacta and the trifecta, we win if Carpenter's Call of Midday Image finish first and second or first and third. Now going back to Belmont, hopefully we're live in doubles from race 8. This is race 9 at Belmont with a post of 512. It's a soaring softly stakes on May 28th. And although she only has just one race on her resume, Charlie Party must get top billing in this year's soaring softly stakes for 3-year-olds. 
most likely raced, by the way. Based on how easily she won her debut on April 27th, getting the often disadvantageous rail, she broke a little slow, but under a Brad Ortiz Jr. who rides again, she relaxed in 9th of 10 early. Although 10 behind the leader after a half mile of a run, Ortiz didn't even ask her to run until the field turned into the stretch where she exploded in the final 3 sixteenths to go from 4.5 back to a half in front, expending very little energy in the process. Charlie Party is likely to improve physically and mentally off that, particularly as Wesley Ward has a really good record the last few years. It's a very small set, though. He's 5 for 14 with horses in turf sprints going from maiden to stakes in their second career starts, most of three-year-olds just like this. And with a much better outside post, Charlie Party has a big chance to win this year's soaring softly. Walker was equally impressive winning on the grass in her most recent race. That was the second start of her career. Near the end of March, it was a two-turn turf race at Gulfstream. Relaxing in fourth of 11 early, she advanced quickly from third, took over, drew off by a couple lengths. She easily responded when asked to run, and her jockey rode her by hand without ever getting the crop out. She earned a strong 88 Echo Bay speed figure in the process. The 10-point improvement offered debut in January and was flattered by when the runner-up came back to win and improved by another 10 points. As such, Wonka should take another step forward and it would be good enough to win this race. Derry Nain is another with the right to win. She's already a stakes winner, having captured the Woodbine Care Stakes last September. She returned from five months off in April, close strong in the stretch to go from six to beating the neck on the wire. She improved to career-best figure at the time and should take a second, another step forward second off the layoff. Haughty won the first two starts of her career, both on turf September and October, and she was pretty well regarded at 6-1 to one of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf, in which she closed strong in the last quarter to go from 6th to 3rd, missing second by a neck, running the best race of her career. I'm not concerned about nearly seven months off because Chad Brown won in 2019 soaring softly with Seek and Destroy, who was also making her first start off a summer layoff. But she is the lowest odds of the quartet. In the soaring softly stakes, race 9 at Belmont, Saturday, May 28, 512 Eastern. Charlie Party and Wonka could be betted 5 or 2 or more. And again, I'm going to use a dutching tool. I'm going to bet them both if the odds are right. I want to box Charlie Party, Wonka, Hardy, and Dairy Nane in the exacta. And then I want to play a trifecta box of Charlie Party, Haughty, Wonka, and Dairy Nane. And then for 50 cents, I might consider another trifecta, which is Charlie Party, Wonka, Haughty, and Dairy Nane over all over Charlie Party, Wonka, Haughty, and Dairy Nane. If you make that in conjunction with the exacta box of the four horses, you can win if any two of the four finish first and second. And you win both if any two of the four finish first, second, and third. And, of course, if they finish first and third, you still win, no matter who comes in second, hopefully a price. To get the written version of the Key Races and Bets podcast, go to amwager.com, click on How to Bet and Ella Star's blog. I really appreciate you listening. I hope you make a lot of money this weekend. We'll talk to you soon.